Were you listening to the Gophers game on the radio, Jordan? Uh, the last, like, minute of it. <laughs> Why would he, though? Because I wanted to hear him lose to Georgia oh. Southern, which they almost did. They are up and coming. You just don't know it yet. Dude, whoever does it on the fan, like, the radio announcing... Like, he's talking, he's like, you know, they gotta be feeling good going into this bye week. He's like, no. They almost, they're 3-0. They almost lost all three games. Yep, yep. Against shit-tier schools. The, like, they, they shouldn't feel good about themselves at all. Hold on, SDSU? Yeah. They're good. It's, is it they're the still what, D2? No, that's NDSU. <laughs> SDSU is the Jackrabbits. Uh, the Jackrabbits, okay. Is Wisconsin off this week? I don't think so. You're supposed to be they a fan, have a, and you don't even know? They shouldn't have a bye this early. You are the Wisconsin fan. I know last week they won like 62 to nothing. Yeah, that was, uh, was a lot of exciting football last Who'd week. Who'd they play? Inverhills Community College? <laughs> uh, <or>? Basically. <laughs> they uh, no, a, they played Central Michigan last week. Do they have a football team? I don't think so. Do they I, have any a sports team? I've seen the Froth thingy. Froth? Froth, that was near your house. Yeah. I mean, listen, I know... Uh, Dakota County Technical College has a soccer and baseball team. Really? Damn. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense. Baseball, anyway. Did they make it to like the Little the League World Championships Probably last not. year? I don't think they qualified. <laughs> but as we speak, because they're a college. What? Right, sorry. In half an hour, the St. Paul Saints kick off Game Five of the American Association uh, Championship Series. What's the What's wow. the spread? I don't know. What's the run line? I couldn't tell you. All I know is that they threatened if they lose, they're going to kill the pig. Oh. Whatever. Uh, it ha- It's Daenerys Pigborn or something like that. No, Piggarius or something. That's the pig's name. Sure. It's kind of yeah. cute, actually. Yeah. They always yeah. have a good name because they let the fans pick them. It's hipster. And have a vote. <laughs> hipster. <laughs> I hate it. There's I, no room for it in baseball. I didn't even know the St. Paul Saints like had a championship. I thought they'd just play and then... Yeah, they're in the American Association of Independent Professional Baseball. <laughs> what did you think they did? Just, just play for fun. Wow. Yeah. You're like... going to build this stadium for shits and giggles? That was stupid. Hey. It makes them a lot of money. Brad worked out with one of them down at that uh, hipster gym on Concord. Mm, okay. And he said that dude was... Oh, the one at your fit? Yeah. He I think I know was... exactly what dude that is. <laughs> he said he was yoked to the gills, but came in and did like two exercises and then left every day. So yeah. Like, he's obviously on the old uh, boop boop. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what dude that is. Wait, you don't think they don't drug test I for no the St. Paul Saints? I have no idea. I, I'm going to go ahead and say they don't give a shit All the I know, American Association of Independent Professional Baseball. All I know is Brad said he came in and did some curls and sit ups and he was yoked to the fucking gills. Yeah, that dude was huge. <laughs> Wait, isn't that once you get big, you can kind of just like. Coast along that like that? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say you need a little assistance. Mm. Well, okay. Does that do they not have a gym on site? You don't think? I have no fucking idea mm. about the in, inter, <laughs> interworkings of minor league baseball. In All I've heard is Bill Murray owns half of that team, right? Part of it, yeah. Part he of owns. It. He owns part of like every team in that mm. league. You think he'd be the like, including more... the Milwaukee Milkmen? <laughs> That's our team name. Who did when I went and saw them this summer? I'm trying to think who they played. They like the Road Rats, 
or like oh, something like uh, that. Was it the Gary Soulside River Rats? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I bet that's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is an awesome team, but they got smoked pretty bad. And then there's the team in Texas that plays. They come all the way up team. here to yeah, play. Yeah, and Holy they play shit. as a different team half the season <laughs> from a different city. Actually, what are their teams? I can't remember. One of them's like the Armadillos, and the other one's like the Rough Riders or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could even change Listen, your that name. league is for fun. Yeah. It is. Their stadium is very scary because the if you sit right in that one area, it looks like all the balls are going to hit you all the time. Yeah, well, have they put the stupid-ass nets up yet? <laughs> well, it doesn't go far enough. I was at the Twins game on Thursday, and boy, they ru- no, Wednesday. And they ruined everything. <laughs> I know. The Nets go to the foul poles, basically. It's awful. I had great seats right by, right on the third baseline, right by home plate, and Wait, bam, there's a fucking net in your way. Is it that distracting? Time. Hell yeah. Is it? it like okay. cuts, especially because my eyes don't work. So I'm looking at the gosh damn game, and then the, <laughs> it's like pulling my focus away with the mm, net. Mm. And all of a sudden, the players just look like blurry idiots out there. <laughs> Who are they playing? The Capitals? The no, Nationals. The Nationals. <laughs> yeah, the hockey. The, the <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be amazing if a hockey team just you know, marched out. Alexander Ovechkin just rolled out there with skates on, ready to hit some dingers. He's talented. Wait. Yeah, it was the Nationals' first time in Target Field. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. How does that even happen? I thought all the teams play each other. Well, they're NL. They're NL, baby. Mm. Mm, I got gotcha. you. We play them rarely. You guys excited for the upcoming hockey season? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Are you? I think Is they it? kick off preseason like pretty soon. Okay. Coyotes and Golden Knights, I think, have the first game. Yeah, because the actual season starts <laughs> at the end of the month. Correctamundo, my boy. So, are you feeling good? Or you trust them? I don't care. <laughs> it's good. what I'll tell you. What I need to see something. Okay. So you don't, don't pay, you don't pay enough attention to, I like, roster I pay all of the attention, okay. but there's been a little GM kerfuffle around the place. Okay, all right. So uh, I can't tell you what's gonna what they're <laughs> going to look like. Spurgeon just signed a giant contract extension, like $57 who's million the, over seven years or something. Who's the free agent they signed? Fiala. No. Oh. It was just, like, two months ago. Did they get a new goalie? Someone yet? wanted to get him, but they wouldn't give him a long enough of a contract. He wanted five. They only offered him three, so the Wild gave him five. Can't remember I where it was from. No. <laughs> don't they need a goalie? Uh, they've always needed a goalie. Nobody ever needs a goalie. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bumblebutt Podcast, only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me, as ever, is Cody. How are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. How are you, Adam? Oh, awful. <laughs> are you? Oh, I'm just tireder than a, I than can, a moaf. I can tell by the frizzies in your hair right now. Do I got some frizzies? You got some frizzies. Do I got some split ends going on? I think you'd fit in real nice at a brewery with tin whiskers. You should you think go so? down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you think, George? Is it because, my, so. is it because of my tiny must- mustache? <laughs> I was going to say, you kind of look like a Frenchman. Yeah, my little <laughs> tiny mustache and my little tiny beard. <laughs> You're like two Napoleons yeah. stacking on top of each other. It's pretty right good. Now. <laughs> I'm kind of a I'm kind of a fan of it. I'm drinking a lot of weird coffees and eating a lot of weird baked Hell goods yeah. these okay. days. Okay, all right, I can get hey, down. There ain't nothing that. wrong with that. I'm living that bohemian lifestyle, son. <laughs> Do they like coffee? 
I have no idea. Who, the French? <laughs> yes. It's like a No, Bohemians. Yeah, they do too. Do they? Okay. Yeah, they're hipster trash, probably. <laughs> they're the original hipsters. Yes. The new Bohemians. <laughs> We're going to go to the park and do mushrooms. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Sitting across from me and next to Cody is J-Dog Jordan. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How was your week? Short. Oh, yeah, you had two days off, you were telling me, yeah, before Yeah, because we of the goddamn rain. That's right. We got rained out around here. I wish we, we could get rained out at work. We did that one time when the power went away, and then they uh, called everybody and said, come back to work, and I was like, Oh, ah. yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were going to say when the water main exploded. And there was two trillion gallons <laughs> yeah. of water going underneath the building as we speak. That was, like, one of our first weeks there, yeah. and I remember... It was like one of the first rainfalls. I'm like, why is this lot this bad? Yeah. Where it's like two inches of water everywhere. And then we found out, obviously. And then like the toilets started pissing rainwater and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And it was like, yeah. all right, this is an issue. <laughs> and then uh, eight months later, it was fixed, I think. Yeah. Well, the ceiling still rains every time it uh, rains, yep. doesn't it? Yeah. It's funny. They bought that brand new parking lot and literally every single spot is taken. Yep. It's just absurd. And flooded. Like, why is yeah. there no drainage in that lot? <laughs> I don't know. My shoes get wet every time yep. it rains there. It's annoying as I hell. Can't, I can't put up with it anymore. <laughs> oh, your shoes get wet at work sometimes? Hey, All the time. Hey, how dare you, Jordan? <laughs> you got hard toes or whatever. That's right. You got hard toes. <laughs> I've been wearing my sneakers. It's summer. Oh. I hope you get trench foot. I hope you get gangrene, buddy. <laughs> God, you two are the best friends. You're welcome. Hey. Uh, you know what? Is everybody out of the way here? Yep. All right. Well, guess what? It was Granny's birthday. So happy birthday, Granny. Oh, happy Granny. birthday, happy birthday Granny. Granny. Good old Granny. Hell yeah, Granny. Good for you, kid. All right. Let's, uh, Cody, take over, will you? I will. All right. We're, uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into part two of Ed Gein. Um, it's just going to be a two-parter. So That's all it needs to be. Yeah. He, you're going to find out what he does. It's not like a other serial killers where it's like just a long journey he's kind of a quick quick blip and then he's out of there so he's a great benchmark he of is like everything <laughs> well i don't know uh all of the fans of like extremely gruesome details they're gonna they're gonna really like this one. So. Oh, that's good you know i think we've been lacking these past <laughs> yeah. few episodes uh this <laughs> I don't know. When I was going through this, I was like, okay, this is a lot more graphic than I remember from his story, but... Uh, Maybe our brains, like, buff out the rough edges or something. They probably do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone who does a true crime podcast starts to get really desensitized sure. eventually. And just I just natural. want him to be a nice old grandpa man that likes <laughs> nipples. <laughs> <laughs> like every good grandpa does. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're picking up right after uh, Mary Hogan's disappearance and basically, the man had contacted the sheriff, and that's right where we're picking up. Right, and they found blood on the floor and all that stuff, right? Correct. Correct, all right. When Villas Waterman and Sher- Sheriff Harold S. Thompson arrived on scene to investigate, it didn't take them too long to figure out that there was foul play involved. Outside of just a blood stain on the floor, there was also a spent thirty-two caliber cartridge nearby, not only that, you could see the streaks of blood leading to the back door as if someone was dragging it out. So, we've done a few, like, cases around this time frame. The thirty two caliber used to be very popular, it oh, seems. Oh, yeah. 
That was your go-to. Yeah, but now you can't even like find a thirty-two. Nobody uses thirty-two special anymore. Nine millimeter. That's the way to go. See, I always feel like during this time, or like a lot of true crime stories in the sixties, seventies, it's always a twenty-two. No, a lot of people use twenty-two. You know, you'd have to use like like twenty rounds to (laughs) make someone feel anything. That's a step up from a BB gun. I'm not (laughs) saying you can't kill people with a twenty-two, kids. I'm saying that. uh, Would you argue with Eileen Warnos about killing people with a twenty-two? Certainly not. (laughs) Certainly not. But I'm saying that uh, I wouldn't do it. I'd I'd use a man-killing round if I were to actually kill a man. I'd use my dad's uh, thirty-thirty. There you what, go. What, it's gonna get Blow the job. Fucking hole okay, through. what did the son of Sam use? A forty-five. Mm-hmm. Forty-four. Forty-four. Oh. That's a big bullet. Yeah. That'll do some damage. Anyway, so it was clearly a sign that she had been murdered, and her body was dragged outside and presumably loaded up into a vehicle because her body was nowhere to be found. They then called in the state crime lab out of Madison. Oh, Jordan, you heard of that one? <laughs> I have. <laughs> have you yeah. been I, there? I think they're bringing out the cheese samples. <laughs> oh! <laughs> what if they showed up with a cheese tray? That'd be amazing. That like, listen, be we got to we got to keep ourselves nice and energized <laughs> during this. Get blocked up so we don't take bathroom breaks. <laughs> well, anyway, they investigated the scene. They combed through Mary's house. And in the end, they couldn't even turn up a single lead. Even with the speculation of her shady past, as we remember before, there's no, they had no reason they could connect the dots. And they couldn't, like, they just couldn't see. No, they couldn't be like, who would do this to yeah. this lady? She All just right. worked at a bar, and that was it. Why would anybody want her dead? But she just vanished, so. And it would be several years yet before they would truly find out the truth of what happened to Mary Hogan. Now, a few days after Mary Hogan's disappearance, a man named Elmo Uke, a man who <laughs> would occasionally hire Ed Gein to perform random jobs for him, remembers a very odd conversation he had had with Ed. Elmo had told Ed, Eddie, if you had spent more time courting Mary, she'd be cooking for you <laughs> instead of being missing. So following that comment, Elmo said, Eddie rolled his eyes and wiggled his nose like a dog sniffing a skunk. <laughs> then he smiled and said, she's not missing. She's down at the house right now. <laughs> Jesus. That is like the most Wisconsin statement. He was sniffling his dog, or he's sniffing a dog sniffing a skunk. <laughs> he wriggled his nose like a dog sniffing a skunk. <laughs> for most normal people, they this statement may have been a little off-putting. Sure. But for most of the citizens of Plainfield, they understood Ed's dark and yet sometimes inappropriate sense of humor. So they're just like, eh, that's a weird thing to say, but uh, that's just sad. That's old. That's Ed. sad. The funny part was, he even made comments like, "She's at the farm right now," or, "I went and got her in my pickup truck and took her home." <laughs> I guess he's not lying technically, <laughs> and he would say that to several other neighbors. Outside of his odd sense of humor, most assume Ed was just a weak fool who couldn't even dream of committing the apparent perfect murder that right. had happened to right. Mary Hogan. Mm-hmm. A perfect disappearance with not a single lead. You know, it's, it's not Eddie. It seems like a perfect murder, but I'm guessing that the police in this town maybe aren't top notch right. in the in they're the not, 50s. Uh, I, don't know, man. I think Plainfield, Wisconsin, in the 50s had pretty high standards. <laughs> right. They're probably like, can we find the most sober cop here, please? <laughs> <laughs> Who's had less than five shots of whiskey in the last hour? <laughs> right here. All right, you're the new sheriff. <laughs> now, not long after Mary Hogan's murder. There were other rumors that began to circulate throughout the gossip mill of Plainfield. 
And that was when some of the youngsters around town who had passed by Ed Gein's farm swore they could see shrunken heads through his windows. Oh, come on. That's a lie. <laughs> a particular teenager named Bob Hill was one of those who had sworn they had seen the shrunken heads. Now, Bob was the closest thing to a friend Ed had in town. Bob and Ed would hunt rabbits together, go to movies together, and even attend high school baseball games together. Wow. Isn't that romantic? You think they were betting? How old was Ed at this time? Uh, I think he was still in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, his best friend's like a high school kid, basically. (laughs) Bob also had been one of the only people to ever actually step foot inside of Ed's house. He claimed that on one visit, Ed actually pulled out the alleged human heads. Bob said they were creepy with leathery skin, matted hair, and hollowed eye sockets. When he asked where he'd gotten them from... Ed claimed that they were authentic South Seas shrunken heads his cousin had gotten for him from the Philippines during the war. Ugh. I don't know if they would just let you get on a ship, come back after the war with like a bag of heads. I mean, there's uh, <laughs> there's stories of people coming back with like full Japanese skeletons. So Full skeletons. Yeah, so it's not... Okay. <laughs> All right. Do might they have, be able to. Do they uh, have to check them, or do they just like carry? A, like, buy a, do they have to buy another plane ticket to just like <laughs> sit him in the seat next to him? Like, no, he'll sit on my lap. The plane. Like, no, sir. You have to pay for two seats for your Japanese scouts. I'm sorry. <laughs> policy is policy here. <laughs> there was also another young teenager who would go out to Ed's house with his younger eight-year-old brother and play cards with Ed sometimes. Why is an eight-year-old playing cards? You know why. <laughs> no, it's Wisconsin. His older bro- <laughs> I don't know. His, I don't know. His older brother was playing cards with Ed. He was like, quote-unquote, babysitting his eight-year-old brother who had a tag along with them. I'm still right. going to go with the eight-year-old was playing cards, okay. smoking cigarettes, and drinking brandy. <laughs> yeah. What's a popular card game in Wisconsin? Gold 500. <laughs> 500. Maybe that's what they were playing. <laughs> Later, when the eight-year-old was older, he recalled a moment at Ed's house and said this. Cards didn't fascinate me at this particular time, <laughs> but Eddie had other things, like a tool that would punch holes in leather or paper. I'd spend my time doing that while my brother and Eddie played cards. <laughs> One of these times when we were over there, I ran out of paper and asked Eddie where I could get more. He told me to go in his bedroom. When I went around the corner, there were three heads hanging on that door. Just the heads, the faces were dried, and they had hair on them. Remember those African movies with the shrunken heads? That's what they look like. Not really shrunken. Have to say they were actual size of the head. But skin, hair, all that. I didn't say nothing. When we walked home, I asked my brother what the heads could be. (laughs) And he told me they were probably Halloween get-ups. I was young enough that I believed it. I never asked Eddie about it, but from that particular time or shortly thereafter, Eddie no longer let my brother or me into his house. <laughs> so there's this I, eight-year-old literally just punching holes in paper? That's what he's doing. That's what I took out of that. Like, ooh, this is fun. You never played with a three-hole punch when you were bored? 
No. I fucking played with a three-hole punch. I, re- all I the remember time. when the teacher would pull out a three-hole punch. I thought it was like witchcraft. It's just like hell yeah. Because you could put like twenty papers in there, like at a once full before. stack, and it's like a yeah. perfect circle uh-huh. every time. Uh-huh. It's wonderful. <laughs> they make homemade notebooks. I'm into it. <laughs> I still think this kid was a bit of a simpleton. <laughs> well, so am I. <laughs> now. As to be expected, when the younger kids in town began telling everyone about the shrunken heads, the adults caught wind of it as well, but they just assume kids were being kids. Boys will be boys. Making shit up like they always do. They're just over there hyped up on punch, using the three hole punch <laughs> they to got, punch that paper. What what would kids be drinking at this time? They didn't have Capri Suns. They didn't Probably even have Coca Cola with cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Wait, they didn't remove it by then? I have no idea, Cody. <laughs> Anything pre 1980s is basically the same time frame to me. I mean, I don't even know that it exists because I wasn't <laughs> like there. Like Leonardo da Vinci loved disco. Did he? Yeah, yeah he was with Travolta yeah. hitting it it's up. It's all the same. Yeah. We did Travolta offer him a mas- uh, massage. Yeah, probably. Is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing was, Ed perhaps was getting a little worried because he apparently approached his neighbors, Donald and Georgia Foster, and asked if they wanted to trade their house for his farm. Wow. Georgia would later say this. Ed came around and wanted to know if we'd like to trade our house for his farm. We have only an acre or so of land here, and we thought the idea was worth considering. So we went out to look at, to look his place over. We looked into all the rooms except the front bedroom and one room right off of what I suppose was originally the dining room, but that Ed used for a bedroom and a living room. He had the door closed to that one room. He said it was just an old pantry and was filled with junk. We didn't see anything to make us suspicious. The place was awfully dirty and full of stuff piled all over the floor. It was pretty dark, too. He had those dirty old curtains at the window so we couldn't see much. The kids have always brought back stories about him having shrunken heads in there. So when we were upstairs in the house, I kidded Ed about it. I pointed to one of the bedrooms and I said, Is that where you keep your shrunken heads? (laughs) He gave me a funny look. My husband looked at me, too, and I wished I hadn't said it. (laughs) I've been there. But then Ed gave me that little grin of his and pointed to another room. No, no, he said. They're in this other room over here. People were always kidding Ed about things like that. He's quick on his feet, though. He is. is. He's like, no, the shrunken heads are in this room. (laughs) You stupid And they probably were, actually. See, this is uh, hiding in plain sight. So Adam, I could be like, you know what? All my shrunken heads are in that closet behind you, but you're not going to check because you assume I'm lying. I just wouldn't care. I'd be like, hey, man, to each his own. There's so many Japanese skeletons in that closet right now. You wouldn't okay, believe well, now, it, Adam. Now those I want to see. <laughs> just don't look for my yarmulke collection. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know what that means. But obviously, they did not end up trading houses. What if they did like wife swap with him? I mean, did the he just not ship. need the farm? Did he not want the farm? Remember, he was basically just living at the house. Yeah. He let it get disheveled, and then sure. he was renting the farmland out. Well, it would have been smart. Yeah. Ironically, with all of these rumors swir- swirling about, Ed's house began to gain the reputation from the kids around town that his house was the town's haunted house and should be avoided at all costs. Ed didn't help the case either because literally the only light that would be on at night 
was a single oil lamp gleaming through the molding curtains. Yeah, it doesn't help. That That's is, not going to help. That is very spooky. Any shadow across the mold curtain is, <laughs> is going to look like a ghost moving around up there. Is there anything more disgusting than a molded curtain? The idea of that is terrible. <laughs> yeah. That means there is, like, no basic level of care being done <laughs> no. at all. Well, when we're going to learn about his house later, I don't even know how, like, Georgia wasn't like, Jesus Christ, this is a fucking dump in here. She's probably shit being everywhere. polite. Yeah, probably I being suppose. Polite, you know? I suppose. One of the local neighbors, Roger Johnson, who would have to walk past Ed's house at night, said he would... Save all my energy up for that last hundred yards and then run like hell. It wasn't that I feared Eddie. I feared the house. Can you imagine you're staring out your window and all of a sudden a kid runs full speed by you? Dude, like the kid from uh, It 1 when he has to go to that rundown house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Ironically, the citizens of Plainfield, with all of the rumors about Ed and his home would soon find out what horrors truly lie within the home of Ed Gein. Mm. Jumping to November 16th, 1957, the entire region of Wisconsin was gearing up for the deer hunting season, which seemed to be one of the most popular activities to do in rural Wisconsin, even though, at least around this time period, there was a lot of men who would constantly have have hunting accidents and would end up shooting each other. Hey, that's just the price of doing business, my <laughs> yep. friend. Okay, were they all wasted? You think? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. This in the in uh, the book, he he gave like estimates for a uh, deer shot. I think within just this region, it was like twenty thousand. Wow, oh, yeah. that seems wow. like a lot of deer. No, like in Wisconsin, deer hunting is basically a holiday. Deer hunting and drinking, right? Yes. Okay. Don't drink and hunt. But no, like, <laughs> people I know and whatnot, like, at their workplace in rural Wisconsin, like, wherever it is, like, they basically have to put in a year ahead of time to get deer opener off because everybody wants it off. Wow. And then a few people, like, will actually, like, try to pay someone who has it off to switch with them. Smart. I would take it off and then just collect their earnings yeah, from it. It's Hell good. Yeah. yeah. Either way, we know Ed was not one to join the other men with deer hunting because it was too bloody for him. Right. Ed put his jacket and plaid deer hunter's cap on and headed for Bernice Ward's store in his maroon 49 Ford sedan to purchase some antifreeze. Now, Bernice was running the Warden Hardware and Implement store at this time which apparently had been in business since the 1920s. Now, the neighbors claim that Bernice was rumored to be wealthy and was known to be a bit snippy and sharp-tongued. What does that mean to you, Adam? I'll tell you what that means to me. Yeah, she's got a little toot on her. You know what I mean? She was held in high regard in the community, and in July of 1957... She had been the first ever woman to be named Citizen of the Week in the Plainfield local newspaper. Groundbreaker. Hell yes. First woman. That's wonderful. (laughs) I want to get a Citizen of the Week in the Plainfield local newspaper. Let's go give her a shot, you know? (laughs) Let's go make our case that Plainfield needs to hire us. Okay, so we only got like 800 other people we have to worry about so we, we can should... do this today we can kill them all easily <laughs> no okay that's we can little... just be good and we'll oh. just go there and be like hey we have a podcast <laughs> give us citizen of the week on top of that 
She was the only female dealer of international harvester products in the entire region. Hell yeah. Wheeling and dealing here. Can't go wrong with an international. Like the Midwest, <laughs> people had to go through her to get. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, uh, this region of Wisconsin, okay, not all you. of it. I so. gotcha. Bernice at the time was 58 years old, a devout Methodist, a businesswoman, and a good mother. I could only imagine she would remind Ed of someone who is very important to him. Augusta. Correct. Either way, because all of the other men were out hunting... When Ed entered the store this particular day, it was only him and Bernice. Now, Bernice wouldn't have been shocked to see Ed because earlier in the week, he had mentioned that he was going to stop by and purchase some antifreeze. Hell yeah, and put his dipstick in there. (laughs) She's all alone. On top of that, Ed was known for being a very good, very loyal customer to the store. In fact, because Bernice was a recent widow... Ed previously had actually invited her to go out and try the new roller skating rink with him, but she turned him down. She said, no, no, no. (laughs) Should a 58-year-old woman be roller skating? Yes, yes. (laughs) Keep them healthy. Keep them active. They can live for a long time. Did you guys ever go to a roller rink? Yep. I've had birthday parties at one. Okay, what's the one song they always play for like the couples to hold hands and do it? Never been inside of one. No idea. I Never think, been on one side of one in my life. Uh, I wish I could remember. Was it Kiss of a Rose by Seal? <laughs> no, this is back in like Endless the 90s, love. buddy. This is in the 90s. So I think it was like, I almost think it might have been an R. Kelly song, but it could be wrong. Love hurts. No, I th- something about an eagle wings or something. I don't know. Was it, it Space matter. Jam song? Yeah, I bet it was. You're an idiot. I bet it was. <laughs> what is Space Jam song? Um... Fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> Come on, idiots. We I gotta think about this. That you're right though, it's that song. What's the Space Jam song? They, someone old message. No, us this about isn't it. we're not moving on until this is figured out. I'm not hitting the pause one. You're gonna have to edit this creatively. Okay. But we gotta find the fucking Google it, Jordan. I have no I'm fucking name. I have it in my head, but I can't think of it. Bur- Fly like an eagle. Nope, that's no, Lenny no, no, no. that's Lenny Havitz, I believe. Uh <laughs> Did you have to say it like that? <laughs> uh, let's see. What is the fucking song? Jordan, hurry. For you, I will. No, idiot. <laughs> the Space Jam R. Kelly song. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just searched Space Jam song. I want to fly like an eagle. Into the future. Oh, I believe I can fly by R. Kelly. I bet that's it. I bet that's it. There you go, buddy. Thank you. Are you going to... We don't. We can't play it. We can't get it cleared. No, we can't get no. clearance for that. He's already. He needs money, so he'll be after anybody who can, he can get it from. <laughs> All right, continue, my boy. <clears throat> so anyway, Ed purchased the antifreeze. Bernice wrote him up a receipt, and Ed headed out the front door. Then a few moments later, Ed re-entered. Would you forget, you dummy? <laughs> That's probably what she thought. He told Bernice he was looking to trade his Marlin rifle which only fired 22 shorts for one that could fire all three versions, 22 short, long, and long rifle. So Bernice handed him another Marlin rifle that could do just that and said, It's my favorite type of rifle. (laughs) (laughs) And then began to examine the rifle, and Bernice walked to the front window and looked outside. She took notice of 
her son-in-law's new red Chevy and said aloud, I see Bud as a new car. I do not like Chevrolet. <laughs> I think that's her snappy tongue right there. Oh, yeah. that's. Oh, yes. She has yeah. a rapist wit. A rapier wit. <laughs> she has a rapey wit. <laughs> While Bernice was turned, Ed reached into his overall pocket and pulled out a twenty-two shell and placed it into the gun he was looking at, and he shot her in the head. What? Oh. Not That's bold. That's fucked. Yeah, he we'll learn about it later. Not long after, a Bernard Mijinsky Sr. I'm pretty sure that's how yeah, you say his that'll Polish be fine. name. Yeah. yeah. Mashinsky. It's passable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not how it was spelled when he got to Ellis Island. Mashinsky? That's sure not an authentic <laughs> Polish no, last name. I'm sure there was more Z's and C's and K's in there and Weird shit. little V's over not, consonants. Not, that seems way too convenient. <laughs> Mashinsky. And he's a senior. Yeah. So Bernard was pumping gas across the street at the Phillips 66 station. Route Remember those? 66. <laughs> There's still one in South St. Paul. Oh, Full is there really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. When he took notice of the hardware store's panel truck backing out of the garage and heading east, Bernard at the time didn't think too much of it because they would often hire outside help to do deliveries for them. Secondly, because the entire town was a bit slow for deer hunting, maybe Bernice just decided to close the store early. Mm -hmm. But there was one thing that he remembers being a bit strange, especially for Bernice. The lights in the store were left on. Mm. Bernice, she's a... She's a, mm. she don't, she don't do that. No, she's way more, this is her <laughs> store, this is her bread and butter. She's not leaving the lights on. The citizen of the week does not leave the lights on. No, that invites, <laughs> that invites crime. I'm exactly. sorry. <laughs> that same day, and presumably not long after Ed had murdered Bernice, Elmo Uke would witness, God damn it. <laughs> would witness Ed acting a little strange. Now, Elmo was a little bit of a dick himself. <laughs> Tickle me. <laughs> what did he do? Ed had always told people that he did not want them hunting on his land. Of course, Elmo believed he could kill a deer on Ed's land without him even noticing, and that is exactly what he did. Sure. <laughs> on Elmo's way back to town, Ed just so happened to be heading the opposite direction and would clearly notice the deer antler sticking out of Elmo's truck. Now, Elmo said Ed was traveling at a high rate of speed, which was odd because Ed usually drove so slow, you could probably run faster to wherever you wanted right, to head. Right, He was a cautious idiot he most just, of the time, yeah. It reminds me of back home and I where, like, old people will literally just go check out the fields. Oh, yeah. And they the drive, slack jaws just yeah. driving around, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, look at them crops over yeah. there. Ooh, Ooh that alfalfa's down. coming in nice. <laughs> slower down, Betty. I can't see my crops. Yeah. How do I know if the weevils got to them? <laughs> So Elmo's conscience got to him. He figured he better get ahead of the problem and go explain to Ed why he needed to hunt on his land. No, well, fuck off. You're just a <laughs> dickhead poacher. How would Ed even know he hunted on his land? He if was driving on the road? off of his land yeah. with oh. a deer sticking out the back of his mm. truck, Jordan. Sorry, I missed that detail. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'm not actually angry about it. I've been watching a lot of stuff. I thought he was just driving down the road. Ah. Ed had the Ford jacked up and was switching tires which generally isn't too weird, but he was swapping his snow tires to regular tires, 
which for November in Wisconsin is very, very strange because winter is literally just starting. That's backwards, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Elmo really didn't think too much of it because Ed was always doing weird shit like that. Like a meth head. <laughs> he kind of does act like yeah, that, doesn't he? Yeah, he? <laughs> he seems a little skittery like a methy boy. So Elmo apologized, but Ed seemed very pre- preoccupied and didn't even seem to really care. A couple hours later, after Elmo departed, Bob Hill and his sister Darlene damn it. showed up at Ed's house. Ed was inside at the time and quickly came running outside to talk to the Hills. They explained that their car wouldn't start and asked if Ed would run them into town to get a new battery. Ed said, Sure, just let me wash up. (laughs) Ed's hands were covered in blood and he quickly told them that he had been dressing a deer. Mm. Well, it did just open, right? Right. Now, Bob didn't think too much of it because he had went hunting small game with Ed several times before and at the time wasn't aware that Ed claimed to feel squeamish around blood and didn't hunt deer. You know what? It's still a fine cover for right now. It is. It is. After they returned from getting the battery and and Ed helped them install it, they offered Ed a good supper consisting of pork chops, boiled potatoes, macaroni and cheese, pickles, coffee, and cookies. Ed had had a very busy, exciting day, so he was hungry and wouldn't turn down a free meal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Somebody showed up with that kind of shit, I would be I would I would lick you clean. Okay, isn't that a joke that like Poor people eat boiled potatoes. Wasn't that like an anti-Irish thing? Maybe, Was but uh, I'm not worried about it. No, they're I'm, still I'm good. A big fan yeah. of mashed potatoes. You got to boil them, right? Well, yeah, you boil them and smash them. It's just, a, I'll eat any kind of potato <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Now, returning to the hardware store, around 5 p.m., Bernice's son, Frank, had just returned home after failing to snag a whitetail. You failure, Frank. <laughs> now your mom's dead because he didn't shoot a deer. <laughs> now, before Frank would enter the store, he spoke to Mazinski, who informed him that he had witnessed the panel truck take off earlier in the day and that it appeared his mother had closed the store. Frank panicked and quickly ran home, got a key, and then opened up the front door, only to see something was awry. He noticed that the cash register was missing Mm -hmm. and there were patches of reddish brown stains that were leading to the back door. And when he went outside, he confirmed that the panel truck was still missing. So Frank quickly contacted Sheriff Art Chalet. I think it's Chalet. We'll go with Chalet. I'm into it. (laughs) When Art arrived on the scene... Frank Warden immediately started telling the police that he believed Eddie Gein had done something to his mother. The cop asked him why. Frank told him, He's been hanging around her a lot lately. (laughs) Bother my mother to go roller skating and dancing and movie shows. (laughs) My mother will not go roller skating. It's the devil's work. <laughs> Very forward of you, Eddie. <laughs> you don't just ask a girl to roller skate. No, Come on. Fucking, that's that's like, a, like going steady almost. That's you know? like a second, third date thing, yeah. not the first date. Yeah. Exactly. First you date, well, you go to church. Hey, you might as well ask him to fucking move in with you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that has to be my stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> he also then showed the police the slip he had found. It was a sales receipt handwritten by his mother for antifreeze purchased by Ed Gein. Ed, don't take the receipt! 
he was too excited. He just left it there. So they quickly decided, maybe we should locate and have a conversation with Ed. You think? <laughs> in the meantime, they had called in sheriffs, former sheriffs, deputy sheriffs, town marshals, Fuck. traffic officers, Whoa. statecraft lineman, <laughs> statecraft lineman <laughs> <laughs> <crap> lime investigators, <laughs> state crime lab investigators, and more. I, I, like, I like the crab limes. <laughs> they called in they a whole walk bunch in of... just clacking their pincers. <laughs> what if that's like how they come and investigate? They just walk sideways. Just ding, ding, oh, ding, don't ding. horrify me, please. I do not like like sideways walking. Just a bunch of Zoidbergs invading Wisconsin. <laughs> Is that your biggest fear, sideway walkers? Uh, I don't like spiders, you know? Ah, and crabs okay. are like sea spiders, but I do find them delicious. Yeah, I was going to say, they taste a little better than spiders, I can tell How you. Many I don't spiders? know. You've eaten spiders? Yeah, I actually ate the one when I was trying to fuck with Adam. Oh, yes, he did suck <laughs> that thing into his mouth when he was like, this is my buddy Henry, and he was like, watch. And then he sucked it in his fucking mouth on accident. <laughs> Not a lot of flavor on that one. No. So it didn't take too long for the hardware store to be surrounded with police officers. Sure. But well, where... he called all of them, so. <laughs> but where was Ed? What was Ed up to at this time? Well, he had just finished his supper with the Hills and was playing with the children on the couch. Then all of a sudden, Irene Hill's son-in-law, Jim... <laughs> Vroman? Yep. <laughs> He's got a weird name. Yeah. He's fucking Wisconsin's. Burst through the front door talking about the disappearance of Bernice Warden and all the action that was going on down at the hardware store. I gotta get in on this I, hardware store action, guys. This is Plainfield, Wisconsin. Dude, I can tell you. Growing up in a small town, when you see like cops go by or something, people literally get in their cars Hell, to go see oh, yeah. what they're doing. Hell, so yeah. I do that here in the city. That's really sad. Yeah, I, I just, I'm a Snoopy boy. I, I, I just like, like the police. I'm just like quit with the sirens yes. and go away, please. Yes. <laughs> I'm tired of your sirens. Irene then looked at Ed and remembered how he was at their house after the disappearance of Mary Hogan and said. Ed, how come every time somebody gets banged on the head and hauled away, you're always around? <laughs> Ed then just looked at her, and he shrugged. Dude, could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Young Bob Hill wanted to go down and check out the action that was going on and asked if Ed wanted to go with him, and Ed agreed. Fool. So Ed and Bob loaded in the car preparing to go when Irene received a call from the police See, the police had actually made their way out to Ed's farm first and realized he wasn't there. Oh. And then figured he was at the Hills house because he always was. Because they made him pork chops and mashed potatoes. And You're shit. not going to turn... Well, I'm not that big of a fan of pork chops, to be honest. I don't like pork that much at all. But if it's free, I'll eat it. Absolutely. So they asked Irene if she knew where Ed was. She said, He's sitting in his car right there in my driveway. <laughs> unless he's taking off. <laughs> He's driving my son downtown to see what all the hubbub's about. <laughs> That's probably what she actually said. Yeah. Around the same time, two officers were converging on the house and found Ed sitting in the car. They approached the vehicle, then tapped on the window, and Eddie rolled it down. They said, Eddie, we'd like to talk to you. Eddie agreed and got out of the vehicle. So the officer questioned Ed about his whereabouts from the day, and Ed gave him the rundown. So then the officer asked Ed 
to just give him another quick rundown, and this time Ed changed his story slightly. See the classic. You don't police, do that. The classic police trick of getting you to say the wrong thing a bunch of times different. The officer then said, "Now, Ed, you didn't tell the same story. Come through there the second time. Somebody framed me. <laughs> framed you for what? Well, Miss Warden. What about Mrs. Warden? Well, she's dead, ain't she? <laughs> dead." How do you know she's dead? Well, I heard it. Where'd you hear it? I heard them talking about it. <laughs> That's such like a Midwestern thing. Well, I heard it. Well, I heard it. <laughs> Obviously. Something you would say. <laughs> I would definitely say that. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> Obviously, this was quite damning for Ed, and he would be arrested. But as a potential robbery suspect. Uh. Around the same time Ed was being arrested... Sheriff Art Chalet was making his way to investigate Ed's house. Now, as you could probably imagine, outside of what they were about to find inside, Ed's house was very spooky, just from the outside, and it was also nighttime to add another layer of tension. When Art made his way inside with his flashlight, he first took notice of all of the junk laying all over the floor. Then Art felt his jacket brush up against something, and when he turned his flashlight to see what it was, he was absolutely shocked by what he had saw. It was a human carcass that was hanging by its feet from the ceiling. <laughs> its head had been removed and completely split open as if a butcher was cutting open an animal. <laughs> they knew this was Bernice Warden. Jesus. Art- <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> That's fucking it's, brutal. You can, you can look up these pictures if you want. It's pretty bad. Art was in such shock at what he was looking at, he ran outside and started vomiting. (laughs) Obviously, this was enough for them to radio for backup. I hope so. (laughs) I think we might need backup here, fellas. (laughs) But they would have no idea what other horrors lie within the house. When they finally continued their search, they took notice of all the tin cans, bottles, tools, newspapers, magazines, food scraps, rags, and all other trash that was all over the place in Ed's house. It was really hard to believe that anyone could live within this mess. But as we know today, uh, if you ever watch Hoarders, I can yeah. imagine that's yeah. what it's looked like. It's got to be about the same. Roughly the same. The grossest is when they have, like, the toilet. The, yeah, the I don't toi- want to hear it. <laughs> the toilet that's, like, stacked up with poop to- and yeah. toilet paper. And they're, like, pooping in a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> they got, like, side poop mountains. <laughs> it's not good. They then discovered a coffee can stuffed with old chewing gum and a set of yellow dentures sitting on a shelf. Ew. When they took a closer look at his kitchen table, they noticed an odd-looking bowl. When they lifted it up, they noticed it was actually a skull cap from a human head. Was he having Lucky Charms out of it or what? (laughs) Were they around this? I don't know. I'm sure Wheaties were. I wonder what other cereals I mean, are. Irish racism, that fits, like, what are we, in the 60s, right? 50s? They would also find several other skull caps littered throughout his home and full skulls as well, including two skulls that were on Ed's bedpost that he used for decoration. <laughs> Another police officer took notice of a chair within the kitchen that looked just a little different than the rest. <laughs> they soon discovered that the seat had been replaced by smooth strips of human skin. And when you look from the underside, you could see it was lumpy with fat. So he didn't, like, render them right or anything? No, he just, like... 
Eventually, they would find four of these human skin chairs. They soon found there were several items crafted from human skin, including lampshades, bracelets, a wastebasket, a tom-tom, and a... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, he made a GPS out of humans. He could have been a fucking millionaire. Maybe they stole the idea from him. I think so. (laughs) And the sheath for a hunting knife. They also found his belt fashioned out of female nipples (laughs) and a shade pole decorated with a pair of woman's (laughs) lips. (laughs) You can see the uh, the nipple belt. That's pretty famous, too. I've I've even seen that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A crime scene investigator would then stumble upon an old shoebox with a considerable collection of female genitalia. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> just in a box? You just put them in a box. They decompose. He's got a box of <laughs> pussy, man. He's got a fucking pussy box. That's so fucked Happy up. Happy birthday, Granny. <laughs> the original fleshlight. He had nine vulvas altogether. <laughs> one had been painted silver with a red ribbon attached, <laughs> and another one was very freshly collected. Ew. I think that was Bernice's. You think, Cody? Ew, that's so gross. It's very gross. Another box contain- contained four human noses, and there was a cardboard Quaker oats container filled with pieces of human head skin. Mm. Oof. They found a few items they believed Ed would actually have attempted to wear, such as leggings made from actual human leg skin, a garment fashioned from the upper torso of a middle-aged woman, then perhaps the most terrifying item they would find were the human skin masks. That's so gross. (laughs) That's so gross. Uh, It is. (sighs) There were nine in total that had been carefully removed from human heads. I just want to know, with the upper torso of a middle-aged woman, would he, like, put that on and just walk around the house and be like, I'm a pretty lady, look at my boobies. Actually, he did, Jordan. Oh. Yeah, he we, did. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> he but did all that. Like, I couldn't remember that he actually did, like, the full Buffalo Bill thing. Yeah. He literally did He it. made the suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some were preserved and coated in an oil to keep them smooth. They were all hanging in Ed's bedroom on the wall almost as if they were his trophies. These were in fact those shrunken heads that the kid the kids were seeing through the windows of Ed's house. It was while examining one of these human skin masks that an officer recognized the face of Mary Hogan. No. From yeah. the mask. Yeah, he Shut the fuck I, up. That's what he said. He could tell it was her. So her disappearance had finally been solved. As the search of Ed's house continued, they just kept finding more and more body parts and really had no idea how many victims Ed had taken them from. You're probably wondering what Ed had done with Bernice Warden's head. Can you tell me? Well, eventually they would find it placed in a burlap sack tucked in between a mattress in the shed. Ed had actually placed two bent nails through her ears Almost as if he was going to mount it on a on a wall somewhere in his house. So he, this is one he definitely killed. Yeah, Bernice. Yeah, Bernice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the last victim they found in the receipt, and they followed it with him. Amongst all of the gruesome findings the police would locate, there was one thing that was really puzzling, and that was the single boarded-up room in Ed's house. Initially, they expected that they were about to stumble upon things even worse than they had already found. But when they removed the boards and opened the door, there was nothing but a perfectly kept room 
everything was kept in order. Even the clothes were folded inside of the dresser. Mm. This was, of course, Augusta Gein's room. This is mommy's room. Seemingly, Ed had kept his mother's room just like she would have left it. For what reason, we're not really sure. Yeah, we are. Because he, he wanted to climb back in her womb. Is that what he said? I don't think that's what he said. No, it? but it's obvious. Yeah, okay. It's I know obvious. he wanted to preserve her, but like... I don't know. It's he, so he, weird. He was so in love with her. Well, he wanted know to that. preserve her memory and keep her alive in his head by yeah, keeping her fucking room That's a good in the point. Order. That's a good point. It's like parents when they lose their kids and they keep their kids' room exactly like it was yeah. when they died. I've totally forgot about all that. Of course, bro. Yeah, okay. It's like the show I, me, or Amy <laughs> and I started watching last night. It's got that in it. It's people that can't move on. Mm-hmm. A tragedy happens to them and they can't just like... Either put it out of their mind until it's done, or they can't just move on. From you're 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 very right. Yeah, it's a good point, Adam. Now, after six hours of investigating Ed's house, the sheriff returned to the station to see if Ed had confessed to anything yet, which he hadn't. This infuriated the sheriff so much he actually tried to physically intimidate Ed and had to be restrained. Ed would remain silent for 36 hours before he would actually admit to murdering Bernice Warden. Ed did admit he killed Bernice, but claimed he couldn't remember any of the details because he was in, quote, a daze. He was in a fugue state, like uh, from Breaking Bad. (laughs) I don't remember that. When uh, Walter White, he like, they remember he did all that rancid shit and then he got naked and went to the store and he was oh. like, I'm in a fugue state. No, no, no. But wait, 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 wait. That was be- he could say that because he had cancer. Yeah. So that was kind of an excuse, yeah. right? He's, Ed's just uh, <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Basically, what I compared it to was, if you guys remember, Ted Bundy always said the entity took over right. him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, what do they call that where you're like, you kind of become somebody else when you're doing bad shit? Exit or Demonic possession. Yeah, close enough. Sure. I don't know. It's basically like your brain shuts off and you do it and then whatever. Yeah. He basically said that he, he remembers getting the antifreeze from Bernice and then essentially blacking out of what happened afterwards. They then asked Ed where all the body parts had came from. Well, Ed said that was from good old-fashioned grave, ro- <laughs> grave robin. Sure. Ed claims that over a five-year period starting in 1947... At night, he would visit cemeteries in the area. He estimated this could be around 40 different visits, but most of the time he would go out to the cemetery, sit there for a bit, and then just return home. Okay. Like like getting up the gall, yeah. and then most of the time he wouldn't have it in him. To, yeah, he'd just yeah. sit there and be like, I can't do this, yeah. man. I can't do this. Yeah. But at least nine times he had actually dug up the graves. He would dig them up open the casket, and take what he was looking for from the bodies. A few of the graves that he had dug up were from people that he he had actually known when they were still alive. But again, Ed describes the, quote, days he was in while he was grave robbing. So, I don't know. Apparently, he claims he goes in this daze and then does shit, I guess. It's like like a compulsion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the interrogation, they would take Ed out to his farm, and he would show them where he had taken Bernice Warden's blood, which he had poured out behind his outhouse. Ah, that's so gross. The idea of just like a couple buckets of blood. (laughs) Then Ed was returned to jail and initially being charged with just armed robbery, and the first-degree murder charge would come later. Sure. Ironically... 
they would set his bail at $10,000 after this arrest. So if he had it, he could have just gotten out. Oh, he could have just bailed out. Yeah, yeah. because they hadn't officially charged him with first degree yet, right. so they set the bail. I think all he needed was a thousand too, right? Isn't it all he needs ten percent? Well, that's for bond, right? No, I think your bail—you only have to pay ten percent of it. I'm pretty sure. No, that's to get a bond. Like if you go to a bondsman, you pay them like ten percent of it, and then they front the rest. I think to a get bondsman yeah, gives you a loan, the, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's on the condition, like. If you use a bondsman, that's only like a temporary get out. Like you still have to go to court ah, if you pay the yeah. full bail. Have you been taken down good. by Dog the Bounty Hunter? Is that why you know all this? No. <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> Dog's daughter. We know that he's a scumbag. We know this. <laughs> no, he's not a scumbag. Once the crime lab was finished collecting the wo- the who. <laughs> Crab Lab. The Crab Limes. <laughs> the Crime Lab has finished collecting all of the ed- evidence from Ed Gein's house. It took the men 32 trips Ooh. in and out just to load everything into their truck. Mind you, they did this with the media sitting outside watching them load the items the entire time. But obviously they couldn't see what was inside what they were carrying. Sure. But it didn't take long for the news to break. And after this, it basically opened the floodgates for the media to post headlines such as Death Farm or, which you probably heard of. I kind of like that. It's kind of metal, actually. Or what you guys have probably always heard, the Mad Butcher of Plainfield. Yep. And then, obviously, with that, the headlines would begin to speculate about Ed's cannibalism. But as far as we know, he's never done it. I don't know. Do you think he did? No. No, I don't think he did. I don't think he was hungry for it. No, no, no. He just just wanted wanted some snazzy outfits. And chairs. Yeah. He wanted unique pieces for his home. Vintage pieces, man. Mm -hmm. You can't buy this shit nowhere, dude. Certainly (laughs) not. This is Mrs. Keller's face right here. Once they had most of the evidence collected, they would interrogate Ed for more information. The odd thing was, Ed was very skittish about talking about his murders. In fact, initially, Ed was denying the murder of Mary Hogan even though they literally found her face in his bedroom, but after not too long, it's pretty would, good evidence. <laughs> it's pretty but, good evidence. But he would eventually confess to that after sure. not too long. In fact, he later told the police that after he had collected what he wanted from Mary Hogan, he would then dispose of her body by burning it piece by piece in his potbelly stove. So that's how he got rid of her. God oh. damn, that is uh, fucked up. Ugh. Ed, though, didn't seem to have a problem talking about some of his perversions. Take this list of questions, for example. Do you have any recollection, Eddie, (laughs) of taking any of those female parts, the vagina specifically, and holding it over your penis to cover the penis? I believe that's true. (laughs) Do you recall doing that with the vaginas of the bodies of other women? That I believe I do remember. That's right. Would you ever put on a pair of women's panties over your body and then put some of these vaginas over your penis? That could be. Ooh, that's a crazy Halloween costume right there. That's a crazy exchange of words <laughs> is what that was. How do, how do you even ask somebody those questions with a straight face? I don't know. Like, I don't know. If I went up to a stranger like, have you ever taken a vagina and put it over your penis? I, I, we would get stabbed. <laughs> Probably. Because I would stab someone if they asked me that. Ed would also give them details about how he would break into the graves, how he would remove the heads from the bodies, 
how he would sometimes wear the skin mask he had in his room. Also, how he would really wear the skin leggings he made and the upper torso with the breasts attached he had fashioned into a vest. As far as those skull caps, while Ed would admit to using them, he claimed he read about old Norwegian style of yeah. drinking mead from skull caps. That's some pagan shit right <laughs> there, baby. So That's Ed's some a, Viking shit. Ed loves himself some mead. Woo! Okay, guys. Um, the guy on Instagram, I can't remember his little handle, but he's selling skull caps. You can buy two hundred dollars, so you can get a it's nice yucky. drinking mug. It's so yucky. You don't want to be like an Nor- old Norwegian. Are you kidding me? I hate skeletons. I hate bones. <laughs> I don't want to drink out of them. I wish I was rich so I could just keep mailing you bones. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> fucked up. What? If you got tags for it, you can mail bones. Yeah, you can do whatever you want if you got money. <laughs> when they asked Ed if there had been any sort of necrophilia. Per- performed on the bodies he had dug up ed said that was never a thought in his mind because they smelled so bad (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we will never truly know what ed would do with corpses once he was alone in his house but my estimation is because he was openly admitting to everything else why would he hide the necrophilia it's dumb once ed was finally being charged with the first degree murder his attorney informed them that he was going to plea not guilty by reason of insanity, and Ed would agree. After not too long, Ed would be taken to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane to undergo a full battery of psychiatric tests to determine Ed's legal sanity. Now, Ed, when you're asleep at night, do you ever wake up to uh, nightmares of crab limes? (laughs) (laughs) Them damn crab people keep invading my house. Do disconnected vulvas ever <laughs> speak to you and climb on your penis? I forgot to mention, he, like, uh, I'm sure you probably heard it before, he, like, put salt on him and stuff to try to cure him and whatnot. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he was trying to cure him some vagios. <laughs> Jesus. Have some, some nice pussy jerky. Part, yeah. part of a balanced breakfast, vagios. You know, if you ever get lonely, you just throw them in some boiling water and they're oh, ready to go. Fuck. <laughs> Is that how you revitalize beef jerky, Jordan? Yes. Yeah. Just boil it? Yeah. <laughs> and pussy. <laughs> Around the same time, Ed's lawyer had actually had an article posted in the Madison newspaper titled, Gein diagnoses his own case, blames dog. Oh. Did he just <laughs> fart the entire time? Is that what the days was? Boo. What? Blame it on the dog, Cody. Ah, Idiot. okay. All right. According to his lawyer, he had his own amateur test of Ed and concluded that Ed was blaming the woman who was at the Smith's house that had made his mother so upset and caused her second stroke. Oh. And after Ed's mom died, he was feeling such extreme loneliness that it would lead to his grave digging and then later murder. So this is what the his lawyer is telling the paper to publish, right. basically. Mm, so. Right, right. But I think it's best to leave it to the professionals. Me too. Not uh, the goddamn ambulance chasers. No, 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 no. It's not happening. Actually, it sounded like Ed actually had some money, so he hired like a good lawyer. Oh. So I right. don't know where he's getting money from, but apparently he's just he has saving some up money. all that uh, yeah. land rental it's probably money. Probably Meshbesher and Spence. <laughs> Ooh. You know. Chris Lindahl. Yeah. <laughs> not a lawyer, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I seen him on a bus today. Yep. I seen the fucking airplane flying around I've with his ban- banner. This dude is a fucking tyrant. Oh, dude, he did a fucking interview with City Pages. His monthly 
advertising budget is he just said the upper six figures. God, God damn. damn. Quit buying houses from him, please. So, after all of the tests were finally completed, they found found out his verbal IQ was 106. He's a genius. His performance IQ was 89. Brilliant. And his full-scale IQ was 99, a score that was considered to be below average. Have you guys ever wanted to take an IQ test to see? I, I do want to take, like, a real IQ test. Are you? Do you think you'd break the three digits, Jordan? I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what if Jordan was? But I'm not like, holding out high hopes. <laughs> what if Jordan was actually like 160 and Adam and I were like fucking 67, <laughs> 14? I would never let you hear the end of it. <laughs> wouldn't matter. I wouldn't remember. I'm too stupid. No. <laughs> Apparently, the physician was also a little perplexed by Ed's constant psychosomatic complaints of headaches and nausea. Often, during his examinations, he would begin to whine like a sickly old woman and insist that his head hurt or that he was feeling sick to his stomach and needed a wheelchair to take him back to his ward. It's probably because the hospital's too clean of an environment and he's used to living (laughs) in a fucking pigsty. Good call. Good call. He also complained about smelling weird things constantly. When asked what the smell was, he said he would smell flesh. They really, they don't really know why he was doing Weird. This. Um, yeah, I didn't include in here, but his, like, physical examination, perfectly healthy. Nothing wrong They didn't wrong find anything that would make him smell flesh all no, the time? No, cancer, no nothing. So. Okay. In the end, Dr. Ellsworth concluded the patient was... A very suggestible person who appears emotionally dull. Beneath that lies aggressiveness that may be expressed by inappropriate reactions that are followed by remorse and mild-manneredness. He is an immature person who withdraws and finds forming relationships with others difficult. He has rather rigid moral concepts, which he expects others to follow. He is suspicious of others and tends to project blame for his own inadequacies onto others. His fantasy life is immature in nature. Possibly, he pictures himself as a much more adequate and bigger man than he is. Sexually, he is a conflicted individual and is functioning on an immature level. Guilt feelings are great, and repression is put to use quite frequently in this area. In general, it appears that this is basically a schizophrenic personality with several neurotic manifestations. At the present time, he is confused and has difficulty in looking at his situation realistically. I feel, okay, so... So he's still a child. Basically. And I was thinking about this, like, how did nobody in town notice him, like, kind of switching back and forth between two people? You know what I'm saying? Because he was just weird old Ed. Yeah. yeah. I guess he stayed in his house all day. He probably only came out when he was, like, normal or whatever. Nobody came to visit him except the Hills, right? And that's the only people he would let over, right? right? Old Bobby Hill. Hank would be disappointed. <laughs> Tell your daddy to get me some propane. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting thing from Ed's examinations was about his sexual history. He believes strongly in waiting until marriage to have sex, obviously being burned in his mind from his mother, Sure. but claimed she deemed masturbation as an acceptable practice, which was a bit odd, I thought. Um, while his mother was still alive, apparently Ed did have a girlfriend, but claimed that he had to let her go because she couldn't get along with her own mother. <laughs> And another girl he fell in love with didn't save herself till marriage. That's so, strumpet. Yeah, he had to get rid of her. 
The following paragraph from his report I personally find very interesting and seems to shed a little more light on the fact that Ed's mind seems to be constantly scrambled by what caused him to become a grave robber and murderer. He rather vehemently stated that none of this would have happened if his neighbors had shown some interest in him and would have visited him. <laughs> wow. He's he stated that the only time the neighbors came to his home was when they wanted to borrow things. <laughs> he complained about the neighbors playing dirty deals. He applied this <laughs> phrase to business dealings that he had had with one particular neighbor who had rented a field from him some years ago for $10 a year. Damn. That seems like a fucking that, bargain. That is cheap as fuck. This neighbor paid the rent for the first year, but neglected to pay the rent for subsequent <laughs> What a scumbag. Years. <laughs> He claims that about five of his neighbors were constantly taking advantage of him, and that they all owed him money. He denied that he had any difficulty with the people of Plainfield, although he said that many of them didn't appreciate the things that he did for them. Sure. Um, isn't this... Didn't he? Isn't he complaining literally like Hank Hill right now? Yeah. Yes. Doesn't people bo uh, borrow his shit all the time and yes. never return him? <laughs> or thank him or anything. <laughs> So, yeah, he goes from, like, his mother to, like, he's mad at the neighbors. He's just, like, blaming everybody. It's really strange. Ed would spend a grand total of 30 days at the state hospital, and on December 22nd, 1957, the doctors would give their findings to Judge Herbert A. Bundy and recommended that Ed be committed to the Central State Hospital as insane. Now, Ed would still have to go back to court for his trials in regards to his legal sanity, Funny thing that happened beforehand was on December 24th, Ed was supposed to be transported back to the jail, but apparently the sheriff wanted to make sure the jail cells were empty for Christmas and sent a request to the state hospital asking if they could keep Ed a few more days, which they agreed to do. Aw. <laughs> what a he, dick. He just wanted some time off, man. I guess. On January 6th, 1958, Ed's trial would officially begin, and after it was all said and done, the judge would officially find him legally insane and, and recommit him back to the state hospital for an indeterminate amount of time. Now, after the verdict, the townspeople of Plainfield were outraged and would even attempt to have the judge's decision overturned because most of them believe that Ed was not actually insane, but of course didn't, this didn't get any traction and didn't go anywhere. They scheduled an auction for March 30th, 1958 to sell off the gain property and all of the items that were contained inside. Who'd want to buy this? Uh, yeah, look okay. around today, yeah. Cody. Yeah, okay. yeah. In 58? Okay, I don't know about 58. I'm sure there was nut, nuthead it, true but, crime people yeah, in 58. Yeah, it just sounds like it was all junk. Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, this pissed the townspeople playing field off even more than on March 20th, 1958. The house mysteriously burned down. Now, because there was no electricity or any sort of wiring that could, could have started the fire, this was most likely arson. <laughs> when they told Ed, this was his reply. Just as well. Mm. <laughs> he never a, had any love no, for that house. No, he, he's a man of very few words. Yep. <laughs> Years after Ed had been in the state hospital, the governor-elect John Reynolds, do you remember him, Jordan? <laughs> when he was governor? Yeah, dude, I totally do. <laughs> would visit the hospital in regards to budgeting and ended up approaching a gray-haired man who is polishing costume jewelry. This man was Ed Gein, but the governor had no idea. He asked what he thought of the hospital, and Ed told him, I'm happy here. 
It's a good place. Some of the people here are pretty disturbed, though. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he actually believed that, or do you think he was being sarcastic to him? I don't know, because he's a funny motherfucker. Yeah, he's, he's probably drugged up, though. Ah, you're right. A lot of lithium and shit, probably. Ed was actually happy here. He was eating three meals a day. He seemed to find activities that he enjoyed. Like polishing costume jewelry. Yep. Hey, oh, whatever, look at that sparkle. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, buddy. He spent his time reading and would occasionally speak to the staff that worked there or other patients at the hospital, but it seemed that Ed preferred to be a loner most of the time. Sure. Now, 10 years to the day, they decided that Ed was now sane and fit to stand trial for the murder once again. That seems bullshit. I couldn't, I don't remember this at all when I was reading. I was like, holy shit, why would they do that? That seems fucking yeah. bullshit. How can you overturn that shit? I don't, apparently you can wait long enough for them to deem you sane again. Okay. And then he did say it. indeterminate about yeah, a time. Yeah. yeah. So, until he's fit to stand trial. So. They went through the entire process again that took almost a year, and when it finally ended, they ruled once again that he was insane and sent him back to the hospital, a complete waste of time and money for the state of Wisconsin. Wow. And it just seems like a cruel joke on Ed. I'm just like, I don't know. He's not bothering anybody. He's literally just waiting to die in the hospital, more or less. Yeah. So, Finally, on July 18th, 1984, Ed Gein was 78 years old, senile, and suffering from cancer when he would pass away from respiratory failure. One last interesting piece of information was in 1974, a man by the name of Purvis Smith was arrested for the murder of a 86-year-old woman named Helen Lowe's. She had been bludgeoned to death, had her eyes removed, and had little slits on her head in an attempt to remove the skin from her face. The weird part was Purvis Smith was a resident at the state hospital and told the police that his best friend, little Eddie Gein, had told him all about making human face masks. Whoa. So I was uh, do you think this guy's full of shit or do you yes. think he actually had actually told him? I don't know. I wish, but well, I don't know. It's crazy though. Yes. Why would they let him? He's why? obviously, you know, the records there he was at the hospital. I mean, uh, this guy could have just known about his crimes, and they're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to try to be like him. I don't know. Little Eddie. Yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, that's the conclusion of Ed Gein. Uh, basically, I think, do you guys just think he was a schizophrenic guy and just... I think it was a deeply troubled man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly what I think it was. His mother died, and then he just snapped, or I, I yeah, don't know. that's right. And I think there was probably a lot of, like, repressed, bottled-up anger in him, too, mm-hmm, at his mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, clearly, he wanted to be a girl. Like, he clearly wanted to be a girl, right? Yeah. And I'm sure that's because his mom probably told him, like, I wish you were a girl. Yeah. Mm. I didn't really include it in here, but you guys know he was known to literally get a can of beans, open it up, eat it out of the fucking metal or the tin can, just throw it on the ground. Like, yeah. that's, how he, yeah. that's how he lived. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's like smoking a cig down to the filter and just tossing it. That's fucking amazing. You want to do that? But with beans, yeah. Would you like room temperature beans? Absolutely. I, li- I have it's to have better hot. than cold. Bits of bacon. Okay. I like them hot, though, or at oh, least yeah. warm. Nah, I want them cold. Freezing. <laughs> you should do this, then. I'm just Hell kidding. Yeah. What temperature do you like your beans? If you want to tell us, do so at BumblebuttPodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? BumblebuttPodcast at gmail.com. As always, if you want to get a hold of us in other ways, we are on Twitter at BumblebuttPod and on Facebook and Instagram at BumblebuttPodcast. We also have personal Instagrams. 
Mine is at Bumble Adam. Jordan's is at j.j.fox. And Cody's is at Cody'sabub. Now, it's time for the most important part of the show. At least if you ask Cody, iTunes reviews. Um, we've actually gotten, t- I believe it's two more, but there's non-writtens, which is... F- we got two non-writtens, though? Yeah, two, two non- extra. What are we at now? 97. We need wow, three, we wow, need three wow. more. Three more. Come on, guys. Get we, us three more, please. Tell we, your friends. Steal their iPhones. Write us reviews. Yeah, you heeded my warning last <laughs> week. It's easy, baby. Thank you so much for the two extras. Yeah. Um, uh, goddamn, Cody. Good job on the story, of course. Thank you. Uh... Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Adam. That's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And Cody, thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. All right, everybody. You know what I want you to do, don't you? I want you to have a nice weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. We're so...